Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. It is a happy time in Hoosier land as the Indiana Hoosiers knocked off number eight Penn State in, I think, TJ, the most dramatic fashion um, as is on brand for Indiana football. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. We're here to talk about Indiana's historic win over Penn State, break down uh, what they needed to do better uh, and what they need to do to start 2-0 against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights this weekend on Halloween at 3.30. The game will be on BTN. Uh, How you feeling, TJ? That was an incredible win. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm still alive. That uh, it. It nearly, nearly. I think took all of us uh, years off our lives, but uh, well worth it. You know, we've seen uh, games like that play out. Not maybe quite that crazy, but uh, we've seen Indiana take big opponents to the wire and look in position to win, and then you know fail to make a play here and there and come up short. Uh, we've seen that several times over the past decade. Uh, and it, you know, it inevitably results in pain. However, this time when, when all hope looked lost, Penn State offered a second chance at life and Indiana took it. Uh, obviously a lot of room for improvement, but, uh, the Hoosiers come up with a improbable victory. I mean, the win percentage, post-game win percentage likelihood for Penn State was 95%, uh, which is a metric that kind of takes a look at, uh, you know, the box score and the game flow um, and determines if that game is played 100 times exactly like that, how likely is it that one team wins and the other one doesn't. Uh, Penn State, you know, would have won that game 95 times out of 100. Um, Obviously, Indiana's been on the opposite side of that where the Hoosiers should have won games that they didn't. Uh, And, you know, I I do think it's fair to say, look, Indiana was the less sloppy team. Uh, Penn State definitely had the edge in time of possession, definitely had the edge in yards big time. Uh, Indiana's offense struggled to get on track for much of that contest. However, Penn State made three turnovers. Penn State had more penalties. And if Peyton Hendershot catches a slant pattern, uh, you know, he could have taken that to the house. At the very least, he gets a big game. And Indiana wins that game without any drama whatsoever. Uh, so I, I don't think it's necessarily accurate to say, well, Indiana was just incredibly lucky. They were, but IU also did a lot of things to put themselves in position to be right there at the end. Uh, and this time, they were able to get it done. Yeah, it was, I, I think I saw it at 99%, TJ, which is even, it was like 99.7% after IU turned the ball over on fourth down, I think at the Penn State, at their own 14-yard line. Uh, I think it was up to 99.7%. Uh, 
Yeah, and, yeah, the win probability in-game was. I, I was referring to, and I don't know exactly what the metric is called, but it, it's something like post-game win expectancy. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, which evaluates, you know, box score and all that. But, yeah, in-game, uh, in-game, Penn State did get up to 99.7 uh, before Devin Ford, you know, inadvertently scores a touchdown and gives IU second life. You're right about that, yeah. Yeah, so it was an incredible game, and even some of our uh, of the betters are, are getting their money back from it. It was a controvert, somewhat. We'll talk about it here in a second. Somewhat controversial uh, call, but that's a perfect segue into our first ad from our friends over at Bet Online. It is the Hoosier Huddle Podcast presented by Bet Online. Uh, so. Football's in full effect. We saw it this week um, with teams strutting their stuff, and the World Series is still going. Game six tonight. You might be at, at, at a game this year. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. You know, TJ and um, our friends over at Homefield have already come out with a shirt uh, with the Reach, uh, and if you're interested in getting that, you can head over to Homefield Apparel. Um, use promo code Huddle. You can get 20% off of your IU. Uh, off of your IU year. But back to the game, TJ, it was, it was a game. If you look at the box score, I think Indiana was outgained 488 yards, to 211. Um, I thought the key to the game was Indiana's red zone execution. They were five for five yep. in the red zone with four touchdowns and a field goal. Penn state was two for six. They missed uh, a total of three field goals. Uh, they had a fourth down, uh, a fourth, uh, a fourth down stop. They turned the ball over on downs there. They left a lot of points on the field. Uh, so, and they also had a fumble, uh, fumble there too, which, um, you know, you, you look at it and, it, and it, you've been a part of these games as an IU fan, but you've been on the other side where IU puts up nearly 500 yards of offense. And, um, but it's those little things that didn't help. I thought special teams played really well for IU outside of the Jared Smoller miss kick on uh, that was supposed to be a squib kick, um, and, and he missed it. You had Charles Campbell came up with two clutch field goals. Reese Taylor with a big punt return for 21 yards that set up a score. Uh, you didn't let up very many big plays on special teams on defense, and you forced three missed field goals. Yeah, that last one was a bomb from Penn State, and it just barely missed. But, you know, the, their main field goal kicker hadn't missed a field goal in his career heading into the game, and he missed two uh, before they went to their kickoff specialist for, for the last one. But there's a lot to improve upon. Uh, what is the one thing, TJ, that you look back at that game where it just bugged you? Uh, I think the, the biggest thing that – bugged me probably was the lack of uh, protection from the offensive line. Um, you know, we noted going into the game that this would be a major challenge for Indiana going against Jason Owe, 
and Shaka Tony, uh, as well as some blitz packages by Penn State. And that's exactly what happened. They were after Michael Penix uh, really nearly every time he dropped back. He did not have very many clean pockets. Uh, I think you add that pressure to the fact that he never really got into a rhythm uh, and it accounts for a lot of his, you know, struggles up until that final drive in overtime. Um, I, I thought that was probably the one thing that, that stood out to me as, you know, a concern moving forward is the lack of, uh, the lack of quality protection from the offensive line. Again, the built-in reason, not an excuse, but a reason being that Penn State defensive front and their linebacking core is really good. That's a really good defense IU played. Uh, yep. They might not play a defense as good as that one the rest of the year. We'll see. Uh, but still, the, the line needs to be better. The run blocking wasn't great. The pass blocking wasn't good at all. Uh, they need to step it up. Yeah, I thought the offensive line um... – really was not good, you know, between Caleb Jones and Michael Kadick, who's making his first start, uh, Shaka Tony just tore, tore him apart. And you could, uh, you could say whatever you want about that, that line. I think a lot of it was Michael Penix was under a lot of heat early uh, and he didn't get into a rhythm. Wap Fillier dropped a catchable pass. You saw at the end of the game, near the end of the game, a, a play that would have iced it probably goes for a touchdown. Uh, Peyton Hendershot goes right through his hands. Uh, you could say he needs to put more touch on the ball, but man, he threw that thing and it, it literally went right through the window on his hands uh, of Peyton Hendershot. You know, all Big Ten uh, receiver and tight end, they need to catch those passes. The run game, you know, Stevie Scott looked good at times, but the run game only produced like 58 yards. Uh, he had three sacks. It just didn't look like that offensive line uh, was as sturdy as it as it as we hope it could be uh, in the future. We'll see what they do against Rutgers uh, coming up. It, it's not going to be a defensive line like this, uh, but we'll see what they do. I think my biggest concern is, is is that offensive line and and balance on offense because you had a lot of issues throwing the ball and, and you can't have those. Uh, I thought the defense played really, really well. Um, what is your one standout, uh, TJ, from, from the, the win on Saturday? Oh, gosh. Uh, it, in the, you know, on the field only, um, I would say that the standout was Indiana's ability to get those takeaways. Uh, yeah, they were somewhat uh, gifted. One of them was you know, pressure forcing Sean Clifford to throw it high. Uh, and it was an interception there. The second one, um, just a, a miss by Sean Clifford, but Indiana took advantage, made the catch. Uh, and then the third one, you know, the strip fumble, uh, Jamar Johnson, who had a very nice day. Jamar Johnson gets the strip. Jerome Johnson falls on top of it. Uh, so an opportunistic defense uh, for Indiana getting those takeaways. We know how important that is. I think that was a major encouraging thing for the Hoosiers was getting that done. Uh, but, you know, the coaching staff talked all off season about one more play and, yep. and coming up with like that key play. You never know what it's going to be, but the key play that 
turns those heartbreaking close losses into those close wins. So the resiliency shown by this team uh, to not give up at any point, despite the struggles and come out with the win. I, I you know, as a lifelong Indiana football fan, uh, you know, yourself and, and me and the rest of the people on this site and all of our fans uh, for Indiana football, um, it just felt so good to be rewarded with, you know, that type of win. Uh, it, it, it was a, a special, special day that I, I don't mind saying. I, you know, got, got a little emotional watching uh, how much that meant to all those players and coaches and how, you know, the, the it sounds hokey, but the LVO stuff, uh, you know, played out in front of, in front of a national television audience as, you know, SportsCenter, you know, replays Tom Allen's locker room speech and, and all the positive vibes that you're getting from the Indiana program as a result of coming out on top. Uh, I think that that has to be the, the biggest standout for me if I'm talking about just overall big picture stuff. You can't, you cannot buy the amount of good press Indiana football's gotten in the last 48 hours. Yeah, it's been tremendous. And uh, kudos to the Indiana University social media team. They've done a tremendous job, too. Yes. Uh, as you guys know, we're, we can't be at practice and in the locker room and uh, all that stuff. So they've really stepped up their game to provide us with pictures and quotes and all that stuff. So they've done a tremendous job uh, down there in Bloomington. Uh, to me, the defense is a standout. Uh, they kept IU in this game. Uh, for as long as possible until the offense could take over. Yeah, they, they blew a coverage late. Um, Kane Womack took responsibility for that. But the early turnovers, they capitalized on the turnovers. And uh, it was just a gutsy win at the end. And, and I don't care what your thought is of of the call on the field. Indiana has been on the bad end of that call 999 times out of a thousand um, yeah. I thought the nose of the ball crossed the plane before the ball hit out of bounds and the ball hit out of bounds before it hit the pylon um, there was no down the field uh, down the line camera angle there was one high angle which I thought showed it uh, crossing the plane of the goal line uh, the call in the field stood if they had called it out of bounds I think it would have stood as well yeah. Um, but man, what a, a sick of being close, uh, moved by Tom Allen and it paid off. Um, couple more things on Penn state TJ, before we transition over to Rutgers, uh, I thought they were he head hunting. Um, I went back and watched the game last night. Uh, there were several times where targeting could have been called and wasn't, um, yep. there was also a, a targeting penalty on I think it was Miles Marshall uh, where it negated a fumble very very similar to last year where the guy just came in it didn't it doesn't even look like Penn State's trying to wrap up they're just trying to blast the guy's head off um, on the Stevie Scott fumble his head's down clearly a defenseless um, runner and the guy just comes in over on his neck and, and puts it down causing the fumble Mike Pereira thought it was targeting, should have been called tar targeting. That's that's the thing that needs to be cleaned up about. It's either targeting or it's not targeting. 
Um, I thought the reviews all night took way too long. Um, the the punt, the muff punt, where they they ruled that Micah McFadden and they negated the play. It was just you know if it's taking you five to ten minutes to figure it out, there's no conclusive evidence to overturn it. So the Big Ten referees um, on Saturday, you've got to get your replay review together. Uh, and I think the Big Ten needs to look at Penn State uh, in terms of head hunting because I, I really thought that they, they were going after heads. And there was another play on the sideline on an incomplete pass where they ended up hitting the guy's chest. I forgot who was the receiver, uh, but they it, it really looked like you were launching yourself uh, head first, helmet first, which you're not supposed to do into an offensive player. So, you know, it's something to watch the rest of the season. You know, if they're head hunting, it's going to be caught and they're going to run into a team who's not going to take it. Uh, I know Ohio State's not going to take that uh, that stuff next week if Penn State comes after heads uh, that way. And you saw uh, in the NFL, Mike McCarthy told his team, you've got to stand up for guys taking cheap shots. So, you know, Indiana kept their composure. That was another thing that was evident to me. You know, all through these close losses, you've seen, you know, maybe Indiana get ahead of themselves a little bit. I didn't see that on Saturday in terms of celebrations after big plays. You had your normal celebrations and things like that. So very composed. They didn't react to some of the things that Penn State were were doing. And, you know, Penn State, a lot of those penalties were killer penalties. They had uh, 10 penalties for 100 yards. So final thoughts on this game, TJ? Well, I, I, I concur with everything you said, um, you know, and has a, a little, you know, extra spice on the Big Ten officials here. Uh, watching the Nebraska-Ohio State game earlier in the day, uh, Nebraska had three different players tossed for targeting. So there you go. Uh, that it, I guess it just depends on who the opponent is, doesn't it? Um, yep. I, uh, I do think that for the Indiana program, and we'll transition here to Rutgers, um, it's, it's impossible to quantify what a win like Saturday does for recruiting, what it does for program momentum, what it does for the attention paid to the program. Impossible to quantify. We know it's good. We don't know how good we don't know how good of a difference it's going to make or how big of a difference it's going to make uh all that we can say definitively is that saturday was uh, an absolute roller coaster of emotions that ended with um you know one of the best highs that you're going to have as as a, a sports fan so um I, I had a ton of fun watching indiana back on the field and uh looking forward to to getting them back out there on Saturday in New Jersey. Yeah, and that's a perfect transition to Rutgers. Uh, we'll put Penn State to bed. Uh, we have one more word from our friends over at Bet Online. Uh, football's back in, in swing. People are betting. Uh, we've seen some crazy stuff this year. You might not be able to go to a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair 
to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get into Rutgers. TJ, the Penn State win means nothing if IU loses to Rutgers on Saturday. We've seen it before. Uh, after a big win at Missouri, uh, IU's last top 15 win, uh, they come home and lay an egg against Maryland, albeit a very good Maryland team. Uh, but they, IU did not play well the next week. Uh, and then following the Michigan State win in 2016, IU went on to lose three in a row, uh, albeit against really tough opponents. Uh, they lose three in a row. It's time to back it up. Uh, and it's time to see uh, what you got. You're going on the road. You're facing a Rutgers team who beat Michigan State last week. Uh, convincingly, they they uh, forced seven turnovers. This Rutgers team looks functional. Uh, it's not the total mess that Chris Ash had the last couple of years. Greg Schiano's back. He had a ton of grad transfers uh, come in and inject some life into that program. Um, do I think they're a top team in the Big Ten? No, but they're certainly not the cellar dweller uh, of the Big Ten East this year. That that spot goes to Maryland. Um, but this is going to be a tough game. It's Shiano's first game back uh, at Rutgers at home. Uh, that team's going to be fired up. They, It's a ranked game. IU comes in ranked 17th. Uh, they're about a 10-point favorite right now. So it's it's going to be tough, and you're coming off an emotional win. What are your initial thoughts of um, for Rutgers? Well, number one, I was happy Rutgers beat Michigan State. I think that that you know gives the coaches a little bit of extra ammo to grab the players' attentions. Uh, they were saying the right things today at the press conference um, regarding you know putting Penn State to bed, enjoying that win being happy about that win, but moving on and, and pre uh, preparation for Rutgers. Uh, number two, uh, yeah, you do have a number of transfers that are, that are adding, you know, functionality to Rutgers and adding competency to Rutgers. Uh, it's certainly a better team than what Indiana's seen the past couple of times they faced the Scarlet Knights. Uh, however, diving into that game, Michigan State made a ton of mistakes yep. uh, and still only lost by 11. Uh, Rutgers did turn the ball over three times themselves. Noah Vedral, who Indiana does have some experience against, former Nebraska quarterback, uh, he is you know manning that position for Rutgers. So, so Pretty former good. Nebraska basketball player. True, very true. Yeah, he's a good athlete, uh, good runner, not the best of passers, and their offense was fairly balanced. Uh, but neither of the things they tried uh, were all that successful. Um, Michigan State. You know, the thing that you probably look at the most from that game is, well, one, the turnovers, and Indiana's got to be careful about that. You know, play a clean game, which is going to be a theme all season, of course. Uh, number two, I think you look at Michigan State's inability to run the ball against Rutgers. Uh, they were under two yards a carry, so a pretty stout run performance uh, defensively from Rutgers. However, uh, Rocky Lombardi was able to throw for more than 300, which – I don't know how often he's going to do that this season. Uh, that's, that's not something I, I think Michigan State wants. I don't think they want to throw the ball for that much. Um, 
and, and have that many attempts throwing the ball, but uh, Lombardi threw it, you know, nearly, I, I forget the attempts total, but, um, um, and some pretty good success. So I think there's opportunity for Indiana's offense uh, to get on track a little through the air. I think you had to like what you see at the end of that, uh, at the end of the Penn State game in terms of, you know, Michael Penix maybe just, you know, shaking off some rust, getting some confidence, and, and just remembering, look, I'm really good. I've got the ability to do this. Um, so I think you look at that. Uh, what I'm looking for from Indiana is, you know, take care of the ball. Number two, establish offensive rhythm. Then number three, do a better job of containing the quarterback run game than what they did against Sean Clifford. Noah Vedrill and the Rutgers offense is undoubtedly going to watch what Clifford was able to do and probably try and replicate some of that. IU's got to take that away, make Noah Vedrill beat you through the air and see if he can get that done against this talented IU secondary. Yeah, and it's – I think if, if you go back and watch the Rutgers game, they played – Matt Millen was fantastic on the call. Uh, him and I think it was Lisa Byington were fantastic. They were so much better than the FS1 uh, crew. Oh, Lord. But, um, Low bar there. But Matt Millen was talking about how they used their nose guard and kind of cocked them one way or the other, and it was giving Michigan State fits. Um, you know, a lot of times that nose guard would make the play in the backfield, cause a fumble force a bad throw and stuff like that. So now that it's on tape, IU can prepare for it and things like that. Uh, I use the more talented team here. And, you know, Michael Penix needs to come out and build off of that fourth quarter drive. Cause he was, if you told me TJ that Michael Penix was seven to 14 for 60 yards heading into the fourth quarter and you have a three point lead, I, I would have called you crazy. Yeah. Um, like absolutely crazy. So I think he has a bounce back performance. I think the skill guys for IU um, get back together. Not They knock that rust off against a really tough opponent. Um, so the, the key to the just play a clean game on offense. You cannot turn the ball over seven times and expect to win. Uh, you know, IU had, had the fumble and the interception. They'll get those things cleaned up, um, you know, and then the defense has to do what it do what it did against Penn State, limit the opportunities. Uh, I think they need to come off to a faster start. I was very concerned about Penn State just marching down the field on that first drive. Just there weren't big killer plays, but you know there was a lot of third and manageables, second and manageables. Um, from big first downs, and that's something that IU's defense is going to have to clean up. They did get the three huge takeaways. Uh, Jamar Johnson, who is named Big Ten, co-Big Ten player of the week on defense, along with the Rutgers player, because um, anytime your team has seven turnovers, you're probably going to get a player of the week award on that side of the ball. So, you know, for me, it's man, can IU bring their A game? And, and we said it last week, IU would have to play their A game. Well, I was wrong. They didn't play their A game and they still won. Yeah. I would, it's debatable that they played their B game on offense. That might've been a C minus game on offense. And it was an F game until that last, 
uh, until that last drive on offense. So I, I want to see IU bring their A game or something better than they brought against Penn State. Uh, keys to the game. What's your key to the game uh, for a win over Rutgers, TJ? Yeah, I, I kind of laid those out earlier. If I had to pick one, uh, I would probably say uh, Indiana taking care of the ball. I do think they'll be able to move it. I think Indiana's yard um, is going to be, but I, I think that they will have a much more prolific offensive day than they did uh, against Penn State. Um, but, you know, all that's for naught if you are careless with the ball. Uh, so I think you're looking at Indiana, you know, converting on that all that yardage that they could get uh, is going to be a key. You know, and that, that means continuing the red zone excellence, uh, taking advantage of your scoring opportunities and, and not turning the ball over. I think if Indiana does that, plays a clean game on offense, I like their chances on Saturday. Yeah, my key to the game is going to be the offensive line. Um, that offensive line has to give Michael Penix time to throw. I think that went into a lot of the play calling uh, in terms of not doing anything too fancy uh, on, on these creativity plays. They just didn't have a lot of time to play uh, to throw. I, and they got to do something in the run game. If Indiana's run game could get, uh, you know, 200 yards on the ground or 150 yards on the ground, uh, and get that passing game going to open up the run game, you're in good shape. Uh, defensively, they've got to, again, create takeaways. Tom Allen wants three a game. They hit that goal against Penn State and won. Um, and, and you could count it as four takeaways because you did stop them on fourth down. Uh, yeah. So those are my keys to game. Offensive line, and then the defense has to get takeaways. Um Let's go to predictions, TJ. What is your prediction for Saturday? Well, you know, you mentioned the previous kind of failures, if you will, coming off of big wins. How uh, traditionally IU football has not dealt with success very well. Um, I've got to say, I don't, I don't feel that way about this coaching staff. I don't feel that way about Tom Allen teams. Uh, I just have more faith in him than I have in previous administrations. Uh, and I, I have faith in this particular group. I, I think that they believe in each other. Uh, I don't think that they were shocked by what happened on Saturday. Um, I think that they expected to win that game. They were probably shocked at the way it happened. Uh, but they expected to win that game. I don't think they were surprised they did that. Um, it's a complacency that sets in in this you know, early season. So I'm not worried about that. I do think Rutgers is a significantly better outfit than what we've seen from them. Um, and it, it will be a challenge. IU's going to have to play well. I think they do, though, and come out with a 34-20 to 20 victory. Yeah, I, I think IU wins as well. Um, the Hoosiers have had trouble going into Piscataway and playing their best game. Uh, 2014, they, they lose, I think, 45-23. Uh, 2016, they come back and it was, it was just a sloppy game for Indiana. Yeah. There, there was miscues all over the place. Uh, and then in 2018, Indiana raced out to a big lead and then just sat on the ball and it was frustrating. So they, I don't think they played their A game at Rutgers yet. Now, when they play Rutgers at home, Rutgers hasn't scored a point um, at Indiana since that final field goal in 2015. 
that capped off that uh, incredible Rutgers uh, Rutgers comeback. But it's it's a game Indiana has to have. Uh, all this talk about how good you are, all this talk about being ranked, going to the Camping World Bowl against LSU at Disney, um, all that stuff. If you lose this game on Saturday, it goes out the window. It, it's it, you follow that same narrative of, well, it was a it was a blip on the radar. So if you come back, follow it up with a strong game, and, and get the win. I think Allen has his guys bought in uh, a thousand percent. You saw it in the locker room yep. and things like that. I think Michael Penix plays a lot better. I think Stevie Scott in the running game and the offensive line plays better because they couldn't play much worse uh, than last week. And the defense has got to continue what they did uh, for about 38 minutes of that game on um, – sorry, 58 minutes of that game on Saturday – and and finish it off. Uh, make those plays. Special teams got to play a clean game again. Um, I, I'm going to go Indiana uh, 35, TJ, and Rutgers 21. Uh, I, I do think Rutgers is a much improved team. Um, Shiano has turned it around before. We don't know what Michigan State looks like. They looked like garbage on Saturday, but – Rutgers looks like they, they, they could do some things. They have some players uh, and, and could give Indiana fits if IU doesn't come to play. But I, I think it's a, a two-score game, and Indiana gets out of their heads to Michigan 2-0. and oh. All right, thanks, TJ, uh, for joining us. We'll get you out of here and uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Uh, game is at 3.30 on Saturday, October 31st. It is on Big Ten Network, and you can listen to it on the IU radio networks. It is so fun to to have, uh, you know, have Indiana football back. I thank everybody for listening to us. I hope you enjoyed Saturday as much as we did, uh, and you you stayed in on the site this week. We'll have good stuff, previewing Rutgers, and then uh, hopefully you'll be back here next week recapping 2-0 Indiana. Yep, that's the goal. All right, our final word from Manscaped. Uh, listen up, fellas, because today we have new a uh, new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear uh, hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you you'll see uh, hair sticking out from those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as everything else. Um, we have a special deal going on with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. Uh, what are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. All right, that does it for uh, today's, today's podcast. A huge win for Indiana over Penn State last week. A big test uh, coming up to see if Indiana is the real deal. Uh, against Rutgers on Saturday at 3.30 on BTN. Um, keep following us, uh, HoosierHuddle.com, on Twitter, at Hoosier underscore Huddle, on Instagram, at Hoosier underscore Huddle as well. Remember, home field, the comfiest uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts uh, in the business, has made a shirt commemorating Indiana's win over Penn State. It took them all of 48 hours. Uh, they had it ready to go this morning. Uh, the reach they're calling it 
if you head over to Home Field Apparel, want to buy this shirt for your friends, for Christmas, for whatever holiday, for a birthday, use the promo code HUDDLE. Get 20% off of your entire order of Indiana University gear, uh, and they'll ship it right out to you. It's super comfortable. Uh, I bought the Punt Ruski uh, Florida State shirt, wear to work all the time. Uh, I have several IU shirts as well. So they do great stuff over at Home Field. But that does it for tonight's show. Enjoy the rest of the week. We look forward to sharing another Saturday with you. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.